0: Hi, everyone. Um, my name is David Barry, for those of you who are unaware. I uh, am a co-host of the Capus Crusaders, the podcast you're listening to right now. So I uh, would hope you know who I am. Um, I've been thinking for a while about how we were going to address what's going on in the world today. Um, because if you've listened to the show at all, you know that we we are not of the mindset that comics and other art forms are... Separate from the the world and the issues and the politics that we that we experience every day, they're very much uh, a mirror uh, and a lens and other pieces of glass, I guess, that you look through and and at in a way to to think about the world and reflect on the way things are. Um, comics themselves have always been mired in, in in politics, from a a superhuman growing up in the the Bible Belt to help defend American interests to, you know, a, a billionaire taking it upon himself to fight the corruption in his city, as well as the corruption in his own police force um, to, you know, super soldiers fighting Nazis to mutants treated differently for just who they are and, and being allegories for the, the civil rights movement um, to suggest that art and and comics especially are separate from the world is an asinine statement. And we we've always felt that way. Every every one of us, whether we agree or disagree on something, always recognize that, that comics are relevant uh, when it comes to the way we look at the world. Um sometimes sometimes we we want them just to be an escape. Um sometimes we just want fun. Sometimes we just want entertainment, which I understand. Um I get that the weight of the world um, could be a lot and you want to not think about it for a little while um which comics can do that too you know that's that's a that's a beautiful thing too comics can help you uh leave behind for a little while what's what's going on um when when we need it um but right now it's 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 hard to to take a break and take a breather and it should be um it's it's uncomfortable and and hard right now. What's what's going on? Um, and we, wh- whether you know, we have a huge platform or a small platform. I I feel like it is partly our our job. You know, this is this is a hobby, but it's still our job to to not pretend like nothing's going on, like nothing is wrong. Um, in this episode, we're g- we're going to talk about Wonder Woman. Um, uh, you know, a great character that embodies a lot of positive aspects you know of humanity um and i i won't be on this episode um because i'll be uh with my wife as we're having our our second kid and so i wanted to to come in and, and address this and kind of look at the elephant in the room and and maybe talk a little bit about it um it's it's hard and it's and it's sad And it's very real, um, what's happening. And it's, it's difficult to, uh, to express a a clear general thought process that will cover everything. There's no, there's no blanket, anything to to cover what's happening right now. There, there are so many sides and, and facets to look at, um, but what's what's clear is there there have been evils and injustices carried out um, all over the world, but but specifically here and in, in our communities, in our cities, um, there have been crimes committed by those who are supposed to stop crime. Um, we we talk about superheroes and and what they do and what they don't do and the way they handle and protect people and. We talk about our first responders in a similar vein. But what we also need to recognize is that um, this world isn't full of, of superheroes. It's not full of benevolent beings. It's full of humans. And, and humans fuck up. They, they fuck up bad. And we have to hold ourselves to a standard that makes us more like these, you know, silly cartoon characters and flashy colors that we love so much. Um, we have to hold those around us accountable. You know, a lot of it starts internally with the way we handle our feelings, our biases, our prejudice towards other people. It's it's, you know, a lot of people like to say you're not born racist, you're not born this, that, or the other, but you're immediately pushed into a system that 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 tends that leans towards that. Um as as a a straight white guy in this country, I I fully believe that that I have privilege that other people do not have. And that is not to say if if you just rolled your eyes at me saying that, we need to have a conversation. It's it is the truth that you cannot look away from. It is a, a a a step up in a lot of ways without even trying to be who I am. Something that I cannot change. Um, it is a it is a privilege that I have that I can use or not use, and it still exists. It it, it can't be denied. Um, I have advantages because of who I am. You know that i can then take away from and and or add to but they will always be there you know i can do bad things or good things but it does not change that my privilege exists and part of that privilege is to be able to to use my voice to to uplift others but also to listen to amplify um to hopefully help in in some ways um It's hard with with social media and with everything else to seeing videos and news stories and you know whether you dislike the press or not you you know just watch someone's cell phone video and you can see terrible things happening and it, it hurts and it's hard to come to terms with but it's not new this is not a new scenario this is not a you know a, a, a you know an event that we have not seen before. Um, we we've been sitting on a powder keg for a very long time. Um, and there've been pretty big explosions before. And, and this is another one and it's, it's a lot to, to handle, but it's also our, our job to handle it. It's our job to do something about it, to support others, individuals, our community, You know, it's, you know, as a, as comic book fans, you know, there's, there are local comic book stores who rallied around, you know, downtown Sacramento oblivion comics and coffee. They were, they were hit by, um, by vandalism. Their, their storefront was smashed in and I saw, you know, comic book store owners from all around the city going down there to help them. But I also saw Laura and Neil, the owners, they, they weren't, they were sad, but they understood they weren't angry. Um, they understood that that people are frustrated, and yeah, you can always say that there's there's people taking advantage. There's there's looters and 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 vandalism. You know, vandalism going on that is just you know its own thing. And sure, but that doesn't change the fact that there's 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 frustration and anger that has been funneled into conversation, and those conversations have gone nowhere and you you can't deny you know you can't deny the, the 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 strides we've made but you also can't deny the issues that are still here the big issues that are still here um it's it's hard to to look at what's happening and not feel a, a brevity of of emotions helplessness being one of them but y- you have to do something about it um you know and it's and it could be small things you know is it was it going to clean up glass after after the the protests and that were you know some of them turned into riots um was it donating to organizations that are trying to help people um is it talking to your friends and family who might not have understood what was happening or might have had snap judgments about what was happening um is it trying to unlearn things in yourself unlearn, unlearn biases that you don't even realize it you know it's 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 a nice thought to want everyone to to be equal and be judged based on things like the content of their character but we're we're obviously not there there are a lot of good people who do a lot of good things and look at people and i'm not going to say they're colorblind because that's a bullshit term that's it's that's a crock of shit and you know it but there are people that try to look past those things and and see people for what they are and that's great but we have to do more there's there's not enough being done there's not enough that's been done and and it's again it's hard i know it's hard um but we have to do something um it's for some people it's you know reposting something on facebook and then taking on their racist aunt. Or or you know, their racist father or their racist cousin or the you know kid they went to high school with. And and it's also having communications and having, you know, conversations with people. And there are some people that you're not going to be able to talk to, and that's okay. There's some things that are gonna be outside of your control. There are gonna be things that are damaging to your mental health, and that's okay. You know, you don't have to to hurt yourself, but there are people being hurt. And sometimes that's, that's the only way to help to put yourself in the line of fire in some way or another, where it's, whether it's verbal or physical or literal. Um, the, the things that you can do, I mean, there, there are all kinds of people sharing on social media, things you can learn, things you can do, advocacy groups, talking to politicians, talking to your city council. Talking to your neighbors, there's there's so much that can be done. Like I said, unlearning internal things that you've you've had your whole life and not even realized. Um, but just staying quiet and or or, or pretending that oh, well, what's being done is worse than what's been done to them. That's that's not true. You know, you you know it. It's, it's just, I mean, in, in the middle of a fucking pandemic to to add it all, you know, add it all together, it just, I'm of the mindset and I speak for, you know, I speak for myself. I don't speak for the entire podcast or, or anything, but, you know, it's between what's happening right now in our country, between the pandemic and between the issues we're having between police and military and, and citizens, it's, it's a lot, but you know, like when, when we were trying to reopen stuff, it you know, it's people can't be replaced. Buildings and economies can be rebuilt. Um, and it's the same with, with the riots and the vandalisms, you know, we can, we can scrub off spray paint, you know, we can, we can repaint murals. I'm I'm not saying that, you know, it, it is or isn't what should be done, but it's not my place to say what isn't, isn't, you know, supposed to be done right now. I'm I'm angry, but I can't imagine what it's like to be – I can't even remotely imagine what it's like to be a person who feels their community is targeted because they are. They have been for a long time. It's We, we have never corrected the sins of the past. And it's really easy to say, oh, well, I don't act that way. You benefit from a system that does that's that's the the god's honest truth you benefit from a system whether you feel this way or that about people you benefit from a system that does and we we have to do better and and so i i hope in this episode we can entertain a little bit if that's what you need if you need to rest recover recharge if you want a recommendation on a book to read that you know can can take you away for a little while so you can keep up the fight just you know refuel the tank and then put your foot back on the gas you know it's it, keep talking keep keep posting keep sharing you know keep listening holy shit keep listening like that's it's you know em- empathy is like a muscle that's that we you know that we that we work out you know and and right now it's hard and it's uncomfortable and that's because we're working out a muscle that in a way we haven't had to before or we we should have been before and we just haven't you know it's it's tired and it's it's new and it's weird and but we have to keep we have to keep doing it you have to keep working out that muscle that empathy that listening and do something with it do something good help people for god's sake like this isn't a political issue this is people I mean, it is a political issue, of course, because everything's fucking political. Like, that's a stupid thing to say, too. But this is about people, and and we have to we have to do better. Um, I went a lot longer than I thought I was going to. I thought I was just gonna be able to keep this quick, and <laughs> but I had to say this before I before I go out. So I wanted to tie it back into comics because that's that's what I do. I I like I like comic books. Um, I like what they, how they make us feel, how they make us think, you know, this, this, this idealized view of what people can be, what heroes can be. And it's not perfect, but it's, it's striving always. Um, and so I was going to read a quote. I've read it before, um, on this show. And it's, it's a quote that, um, said by captain America written by J. Michael Straczynski during uh civil war, which is a fucking, that's a pertinent title right there. But in my research, I've I i did not realize it, that the famous Captain America quote, the one that made it into the movie, actually came from Mark Twain. Um and I know, I know he's got his own, you know, his own issues, but I, I wanted to read the the full quote, the full version that inspired um the Captain America quote, just to leave you on that. Um, just kind of sum up what what we gotta do. Um this was published after his death and it's stored uh at at Berkeley each of you for himself or herself by himself or herself and on his or or her own responsibility must speak it is a solemn and weighty responsibility and not lightly to be flung aside at the bullying of pulpit press government or politician each must decide for himself or herself alone what is right and what is wrong which course is patriotic and which isn't you cannot shirk this and be a man To decide it against your convictions is to be an unqualified and inexcusable traitor. It is traitorous both against yourself and your country. Let men label you as they may. If you alone of all the nation decide one way, and that way be the right way by your convictions of the right, you have done your duty by yourself and by your country. Hold up your head, for you have nothing to be ashamed of. It doesn't matter what the press says. It doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. It doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right republics are founded on one principle above all else the requirement that we stand up for what we believe in no matter the odds or consequences when the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world no you move thank you i hope you enjoy the show
1: for it is this this is all you baby What's all me This is all you you could do you 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 know shake it out my my This whole show ma. is
2: about you Whoa, easy easy <laughs> Don't make me take over and go heal You break could but then
1: but then you're going to going to realize you know that there's a face and you know other <laughs> things that come into account and we'll get funky
2: It warms the cockles of my heart when you two do Cockle. wrestling chat it really does
1: I'm trying. i warms the cockles. I also love and saying you. warming the
2: cockles of my heart.
1: I noticed as long as you can say cockles, you're okay with that because mm-hmm. it has the word cockles, cockles. But cockles. You also have you seen a cockle? They're really, really small. They're an actual thing. I'm not joking.
3: I have to look at I'm up giving it,
1: you cockles for your birthday. By the way, happy early birthday, Anthony Esteves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to sneak out of that.
2: Greetings and salutations and welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time from the safe house, digital safe house. Digital. We are your number one, supposedly, allegedly, podcast for anything comic book related, uh, you know, rumored to be.
1: We are. Right?
2: Yeah, I think we so. Are. My name is not David Barry. I know we sound alike, but it's not <laughs> David Barry. My name is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. And if you're sitting there like, Where, where's David Barry? Where's the long-haired guy? I can't hear the hair in the microphone. We'll tell you in a second. I need to introduce everyone else first. So first, the fair maiden of the Capeless Crusaders.
1: Maybe more shield maiden. This is Amy. You can find me at iJaneURobot on the varying social media platforms. And off on other digital safe house space, the Super Manderson.
3: Yes, Manderson, a.k.a. Son of Mander. I like the sound of Super Manderson. That might be scrapping all the names. This is Super Manderson. From now on. From now on. Yep, I like changing, it. changing all my social media. Oh wait, I don't have those. Oh,
1: <laughs>
2: this so, rolls off the tongue, Super uh, Anderson.
3: Yeah. Super, yeah, it does. Uh, hey, where's uh, where's David? Yeah, where did he go? He's not here. Did you did you did, did you, me, you? Is this
1: a coup? We misplaced. <gasps> Are we him? part of a coup?
3: Oh, I left him in the car. <laughs> uh, no, it's hot. Uh, did did you, you roll down, least, down the window? Please leave the windows down
2: so he doesn't. <gasps> uh, I can't remember. Oh no, oh, no, no. Uh, he's not in the car. Calm down, everyone. Uh, at she the she time works. of this recording, David Berry. Is once again a father,
1: Aww, a two-time
2: a father, yeah. you might say. He and his lovely wife Caitlin have uh, welcomed their second child. Aww. Uh, we will simply refer to the child right now as Wee Barry.
1: He's the Wee Barry.
2: The Wee So, So, uh, round of applause from all of us here to the Berries. Way
1: to go, yes. Caitlin!
2: Good job, Caitlin. Golf clap. golf clap, golf clap, golf clap there for the next addition to the Capos Crusader legacy. So. Uh those be wondering this episode is brought to you in part by The Nerd on Nation powered by Patreon. 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 <laughs> the Nerd on Nation it. allows us to be the best we can be. As a member of The Nerd on Nation for as little as $1 to $5 a month, you get early access to what? Episodes? <gasps> a mm-hmm, a Discord community? <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Bonus episodes only available on Patreon.
1: No. That's what I'm
2: here for. The bonus. That's right. And so much more. If you want all of that, if you want all that goodness, you just go over to nerdon.io slash Patreon.
1: We're going to get it one of these days, I swear. One of
2: these days, we'll be right on there. Ah, So, hey, man. Join the nation. Join the nation. Just join us.
1: Join the nation. We are the nation. The Nerd On
2: Nation.
1: We are part of the Nerd On Nation. All
2: right. So tonight. Was that a, what, what? what was that? No, mm. no, keep going. It's a wrestling <laughs> reference. Don't worry. Okay. It was, I was All waiting right. for
1: it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I led on purpose, people.
3: See,
2: there was a group called the Nation of Domination.
3: Mm-hmm. It's where the Rock started, oh. started
2: out. It was okay. Faruk, the Rock, Godfather, D'Lo Brown, Owen Hart joined later, but they were called the Nation of Domination. And they would Hulk stand the line. No. No, no. No, no. no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I just took their thing and put nerd on nation instead of nation domination. Anyway. It was good. It was good. Hey.
3: We digress. Hey. We digress. Hey.
1: We haven't digressed. We're egressing onto another topic.
3: <laughs>
1: you know what? <gasps> Segway. A ham fisted um, once a you all day. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: We are not around a table. No. But... It's definitely time for us to go around the horn. Around the horn. Man, I can't remember. I just, it just erased horn. from my mind how this I goes. Amy, do you want to uh, tell us what around the horn
1: is? You know, around the horn is where we go in the uh, circular-like fashion, a circular-like fashion around a table. But uh, you guys and us, we've done away with that circular table many, many moons ago, and since this is the, Wide circle of the interwebs. This is as close as I think we're going to get. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, I think just,
3: we lit that table on fire, roasted some marshmallows over it. Mm-hmm. Mm,
1: delicious, delicious marshmallows. Yeah. But we're going to talk I, about the comics we read this week, if we did. I, so I
3: think
2: I can hear David Barry's head shaking at the way I just so did that. I, I can so hear much the hair, just <laughs> like that. Just he senses sense it. He senses it. He knows that yeah. it's being fumbled. He, he knows. He does. Uh, Amy, hey, what did you read this past week?
1: Well, I read some stuff and some things, but mostly I was um, doing a, a good chunk of a refresh for our main topic tonight, which is going to be Wonder Woman. So, of course, I went through um, Rebirth, which was Mark Rucka, um, numbers one through 20. Um, say
3: Mark,
1: and, Greg. Said Mark? Did I say Mark instead of Greg? You did say, yep. Wow, I'm tired because I'm thinking of Mark Wade. I went Mark <laughs> Wade, Greg Rucka, and I went like, let's <laughs> switch your names, children. I Mark, read comic books. Mark
2: Rucka is Greg's less popular brother. Is that like, uh,
1: okay. oh, is that how it happened with you and, and Mr. Estevez? How dare you? I'm just asking. How, how
2: dare you bring up that family to me on live on <laughs> national, national Podcast Keep, nation. keep going. <laughs> keep going.
1: Because I just dragged my comic book cred in the dirt by calling him Mark Rucka <laughs> instead of Greg Rucka.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm the yeah. one. Okay with it because I don't often get to correct the queen. So <laughs> I'm
1: a queen, this is the you one guys. You're hearing it. It's
3: never gonna happen again.
1: <laughs> I mean it could, you never know. I I might not be drinking just water. Um, hey, but um yeah, so I read <laughs> hey so I read issues um one through twenty of the Wonder Woman Rebirth, which started in 2016. We will be talking about particular issues um for our main topic. So I'm gonna leave most of that quiet. Um I also went ahead and um, I've been brushing up on Mr. Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to be getting an audio book and I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the concept- cast looks fantastic. I know, right? So the concept on um, Sandman, especially since I only did the first volume and I have all the other ones since I bought them down at Empire's Comics Vault, located 1120
3: Fulton Avenue. Sweet cake.
1: In Sacramento, California, we have pugs, hot sauce, comic books, hugs. And we're actually, our doors are open, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. So you can drop down there. But Ben had a couple of extra issues. Well, a couple extra trades up on the wall. So I snagged him. But volume one, we are following Morpheus, who is the, well, I keep calling him the Lord of Sleep. But I don't think that is. Anyway, he's part of a group of, I keep saying Eternals, and I don't believe it's Eternals. I'm going to have to figure that one out. But um, what ends up happening is is they, there's a man that actually captures Morpheus, um, steals his helm, steals his uh, sleeping sand, and he just basically wants to live forever and he thinks that he can do it. Um, so the first half is Morpheus trapped, and then the second half is Morpheus getting out trying to find his other um, items of power. So his helm, his I believe his cloak, and his bag of sand. And we run into many a, a DC... Wonderful, I, I won't even call them dark, um, like Justice League dark, but we see Constantine, we get yes. the swamp thing. we know. get oh,
3: yes, the swamp thing.
1: We get the swamp thing. Oh,
3: yeah, it's the swamp thing.
1: There the swamp thing. But um, it's wonderful. It's old school art. It's vertigo. Um, and it's the way for me to go. Since oh, oh. Uh, ho, 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 I went there. Um, but super, super manderson what uh what did you happen to be reading this week?
3: Uh, I have also been immersing myself in Wonder Woman, um, but I've been catching up on the the new fifty two uh, series, and I really I really enjoyed it. It's yeah, it's I think we talked about it last time I was on the show. It's pretty strange in a few ways, um, in a lot of ways. But it, I like the the integration of all the the Greek gods into it because you see that a lot in Wonder Woman's past. But I feel like this is they're like all more or less in the forefront, um, and Diana becomes the god of war, or so we're led to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really good writing, and I love um, I think his name is pronounced Cliff Cheng. Cliff Claven. Okay. Uh, his, no, his art no, style is is no. very distinct, um, and I, I exactly. like the way everything looks when he's like the primary penciler. Um, I think towards the end of it, he had probably started doing Paper Girls because yeah. he was less and less prominent in those issues, but still doing the covers primarily. So that's, uh, yeah, I've been head like drowning in Wonder Woman, and it's been fantastic. Love it.
2: That's never a bad thing.
3: Nah, not at all. Steve, fits. did you read anything besides the IKEA catalog? Don't they're you are opening judge their doors again? that catalog is! Okay.
1: I mean, it's the new what? It's the new organization for summer too, and the outdoor living. Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. they're, they're opening back up again with yeah. with the pandemic. <laughs> There's so many options. So many you options. have to be in the. Next I
2: actually read uh, two things from Mister Coates. Coats. <laughs> uh, one is a comic. One is not a comic. I apologize. No,
3: oh.
2: it um, counts. Book books I count. Cont- yeah, I continued with his Captain America run. How far did you get? I'm on issue seven. Oh man, so can't good. I
3: can't wait for you to catch up.
2: He's oh, so, so much so to good talk though, about, right? Now, right? Uh, he just intertwines the, the comic world with like current event stuff so well, and it drives it. His Black Panther run was already fantastic, and yeah. Which I liked the Panther got to have a cameo in one issue, by the way, mm. in one of these. But no, I'm enjoying that so much. Uh, I also started reading his book, Between the World and Me. I started reading, I bought it and I started reading it. I'm still in chapter one, but I bought 14 pages into it. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting. But I, so I thought I'd you know dip into the Coates bibliography, both in comics and you know, book books. It all yeah,
1: counts. Nice. You, you were really, doing reading. It counts. I am mm-hmm. always for anybody that grabs a book book or a comic book, graphic novel, what have you.
2: You reminded uh, me of me. Uh hmm. I was gifted a masterclass of Mr. Gaiman. <gasps> I am about
1: a writing on one
2: five, I think.
1: The writing his, one?
2: His or writing masterclass. Yeah. The Neil Gaiman master masterclass on writing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh
2: I was gifted that, so I get to have that. I get to have Neil Gaiman his his method at, at the palm of my hand right there. So here, By the way, the guy writes so well, his voice is also wonderful to listen to. It's oh, very calming, goodness. very well-spoken. I feel warm when he talks. I don't know how to explain it, but it's great.
1: He is downright wonderful as a writer, and he immerses you in such amazing stories, and I don't think... Like, I'm waiting for him to write a Wonder Woman story. I don't know if he ever would. But that space to have the option for gods and monsters and men seems like it would totally be up his alley. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's just lovely. He makes yeah. me happy.
2: I, ha- I think I have the best of both worlds in writing because thanks to Tom, I also have the Aaron Sorkin uh, Masterclass Connection. So, I got, you know, the Oscar-winning writer and then we got the, I, the uh, Eisner-winning writer. You'd think I'd write something big
3: already.
1: You got
3: time? Isn't everything you do kind of big? Hey, thanks, hey. man. thank you, hey. man. That's a like, that's right. That okay. What's the date?
2: We, we're recording uh, June eighth. Uh, Manderson delivers best compliment to
3: the Steves ever. Okay, all right. N- that's your noted. that's your birthday present. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you.
1: Aww. Yeah. Yeah. With all, all that right. brotherly love, I think we should be talking about um, the person that promotes peace and love. None other than Miss Diana Prince, A.K.A. <gasps> the wonder woman
2: beautifully done amy i was about to introduce it but you did it 10 times better well done
1: yeah so (laughs) um i you know she is my girl if you haven't listened or this is your first time listening welcome um and if you made it this far congratulations we kind of got a little bit (laughs) off the rails but we're not doing too bad um so of course wonder woman diana prince is one of my absolute hands-down favorite um superheroes not just for her aesthetic um but for the mythos that surrounds her, like Manderson was talking about, especially with the gods and men aspect. Um, So we actually um, attempted, and I'm going to say attempted, (laughs) to read two stories um, for Wonder Woman in preparation for the Wonder Woman 84 that was supposed to be coming out this month. But due to the global pandemic, we were unable to actually see Wonder Woman 84 aside from now everybody's seen what I saw at Comic-Con in 2018. So, I don't think so. Thanks
2: feel bad. a lot, Corona.
1: Now I have to wait till next year. So, <laughs> it's so great, you guys.
3: <laughs> so, great. <laughs> so great. So great.
1: <laughs> so great. So, we ended up choosing um, two stories, which the first one is the volume one of The Rebirth Run, which is called The Lies, which is written by Greg Rucka. And I wrote Mark Rucka in my notes so someone can shoot me later. <laughs> um, and that consists of all of the odds So one, three, five, seven, nine, and 11. Of the first arc. Um, and then the other one story we did, which is a one-shot, which is also written by Greg Recca, um, before he actually started writing Wonder Woman, um, way back, I think it was in the 80s, I'll have to check. Um, was called The Hecatea, um, which is a short story that involves Wonder Woman and the Batman. Um, and the reason they were chosen, <laughs> I was waiting for more of that. I the reason, in. Here I am. You wanted me. Here I am. Okay. That's it's scary. It's really quiet in here. <laughs>
2: <coughs> Where's the I long-haired just,
3: one?
1: Where'd he
2: go? <laughs> 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 I don't see the long-haired one.
1: <laughs> that happens a lot. My hair is up that. in a ponytail, and i you can't see it. It's okay. Um, I'll be waiting for him.
3: 2002. Uh, 2002. Hecatia, he- 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 however you pronounce it. Hecatea? He- 2002. He- 2002.
1: Okay, so 2002. So we got 2002 and then 2016, 16. which is the
3: rebirth. It's a good gap.
1: So it's a pretty large gap. Um, I wanted to kind of get into the topic of, besides spanning the eras, but how she's portrayed in each one of those. Um, and then also because Wonder Woman 84 has a big swath of Cheetah being the villain or one of the main villains for Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. She makes a very prominent um, part of prominent arc in The Lies. Um, so we can talk a little bit more about that, but yeah, um, man, uh, super Manderson. Where would you uh, like to
3: start? Uh, oh, I'm uh, giving like you I'm, options. Uh, to oh. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's start with the, the 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 first one. The if that's okay, go the, the start 2002 move forward. Is that fine? So,
1: so the hecatea yeah. yeah. So I do have a brief synopsis of the Hecatea because I did float this towards Esteves, um just as an option because he does not like it when Diana and Bruce fight. He says, Mommy, like Daddy, you're fighting. And he hates it.
3: I'd rather they be friends.
1: Yeah, But it's okay to...
3: when Batman and Superman fight. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't That's get it.
3: There's a double standard in there somewhere. Damn right so- there is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... The Hecatea synopsis that I actually wrote up for him, it's Wonder Woman against the Batman when a girl asks for help putting the two superheroes on opposite sides of the conflict about duty against the law or duty against vengeance. It depends on how you want to say it. So I kept it really, really, really kind of non-spoilery to get stivs involved. Um, But we can definitely talk about... um, So, Manderson, do you know what the Hecatea is? Based on this, do you on the story, do you kind of have an idea of what it is? I,
3: yeah, the the way they tell the story, it gives you a good sense of, of what it encompasses and how much it uh, it binds two people together. Um, which I, I thought was the the oath that's taken <laughs> is is not the type of oath that you would see in a mod in the modern world at all. Like it's very specific to, to where her, her culture, um, where it originated and the, the binding of two people so closely, um, it's in a, in a sense. And I don't know if, if this is the intention behind it or even why Greg Rucka wrote this part, this story this way. Um, the oath almost creates a, a, a bonding of love because in a sense, they're both submissive to one another, even though one is protector and the other is servant, the protector is still like serving the, the one who has bound themselves to her or him uh, in a way that, that really reflects like this, this just subservient, not in a bad way, but like in a, a subservient love where you're, you're willing to put the other person's need above your own. Um, but this oath makes it mandatory as opposed to, and not, that's not necessarily correct because it's a voluntary acceptance of it. So yeah, it's, I, I found it compelling like that the return to what it, it was consistently through the story was um, a good through line that made it very interesting. And just reminded you of how high the stakes are for Wonder Woman throughout the story.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, So the main character, so the, um, I guess she's our, she's not our dam, she's kind of our damsel in distress. Her name is Danielle, and it looks like Wellies, not a joke. Um, She, we come to find out that um, she comes to Wonder Woman and supplicates herself in front of her. Um, Literally, I have my, and you guys can't see it, but I actually have my or Ah. Steve's huh? uh, an actual book where it says um, she goes through her entire supplication and it goes she says her name where she's from and then she offers herself in supplication to you Diana Princess of Themyscira I come without protection I come without means without honor without hope with nothing but myself to beg for your protection in your shadow I will serve by your breath I will breathe by your words I will speak by your mercy I will live With all my heart, with everything I can offer, I beg you, in Zeus's name, who watches over all supplicants, accept my plea. Damn. Um, Yeah, so it is entirely within Wonder Woman's right to reject or accept the the plea of supplication, but as Manderson stated, it is a two-part process where Diana is responsible to ensure that she has hearth, home, food, job. She protects her for as long as um, as long as she is able until the supplicant so danielle um says like releases her releases her from it so it's a mutual bond um and if at any time um wonder woman as protector betrays the supplicant the is it the fates or is it the I'm trying to remember I don't
3: think it was the fates i can't remember what they the were furies? called I think
1: it might be the furies it's yeah, tremu- they
3: referred to him as the Furies a number of times. But so, Diana kept recall- referring to them as something else.
1: Because um, they have another name, but I believe it is the Furies. So they come for judgment and they will um, utterly destroy you. So if Diana at any time decides to turn Danielle in for whatever the purpose is, she has no um, – Diana also has no right to actually ask Danielle what happened, why she's asking for supplication or why she's playing – um, and the choice is hers to protect. And so Diana chooses to protect her. But in the um, the process, we end up with the bat coming forward and he has some very specific um, information that Diana currently lacks, right, Mandy? I got yeah. something you need.
3: That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if, if I remember correctly, the the opening, it's not the opening scene, but like the second scene is is Danny we see her committing a crime and Batman catches her Got ya. And man and manages to escape it. from him, uh, <laughs> by giving up her jacket,
0: uh-huh.
3: and jumping up the, the old bridge.
0: jacket trick.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was the old jacket trick. Um, and then, every time. uh, so yeah, they, they make the bond. The supplication, um, happens. Diana accepts her. and Then Batman shows up and is like, I'm taking her with me because she's a murderer. A murderer. Um, <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to, <laughs> to, to Crusaders and, and dragons When I used to do stuff and <laughs> You would, yeah, yeah. Any, Anyway There's a um, There's a waterfall somewhere So it, it creates a tension And the more you learn about um, The oath And the bond that, that Diana and Danny have Or Danielle have um, You realize that Even though maybe the the Just thing to do is hand her over for uh to stand trial, pay for her crimes. Her oath doesn't allow her to do that. So then the right thing becomes I have to defend her and I will defend her from you, my friend, if I have to, but I'm asking you not to to do that. And uh well, a fight ensues. A couple fights ensues. What?
1: A couple fights, do ensue.
3: S- I didn't mean, it's see a, that a, surprise, um, surprise. You didn't see it coming. You, sure was, you didn't see,
1: see it coming. Usually,
3: Solved easily. They they usually get along so well. At this time, <laughs> they do.
1: They are they are my no offense. They are my ship. I I love a good Bruce and Diana pairing. I know it'll never happen in a million years, but I just like them. They they mm-hmm. got that banter down pat. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, we do see at one point, Bat comes to Diana, Bruce, and, and he basically is like, "You you're harboring a murderer. You need to give her to me." And Diana's like, I'm, I'm duty bound. She is my responsibility. I need to take care of her. And he's like, she's not above the law and neither are you. And it's one of those, if you want him, come and claim him type of jams. And um, it's really a no-win situation. Because as much as she understands the responsibility to duty, she also understands the responsibility of justice.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that's when we get mom and dad fighting.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And he well, even that- supplicates himself. He does the oath too because he goes back after he figures out that she did that he comes to diana and does the exact same thing and she's like so pissed off that entire couple of panels where he's just like he's like i supplicate myself for you and she's like like what the fuck dude no, are you serious you're like are you mocking me and he's like no i'm not she's like i reject your plea and then she like kicks him. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
3: yeah there's some there's some really good splash pages in this one um I think they're like when Batman first shows up at the embassy of the mascara, uh, where Diana lives, um, and tries to take Daniel from her and she kind of like pushes him off. But at one point she just punches him with a splash page of him flying over the balcony, kind of sprawled out and Diana just across the face punch. And you know, she had to be pulling, holding back Mm because, She goes all out. Batman's oh. pretty pretty badass, <laughs> but still, uh, it's gonna yeah. He he didn't have the uh, the another. Dark Knight armored suit to protect didn't. him. Another injury, yeah. add to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Alfred, get the ice pack. Alfred, Alfred get, yeah. the ice pack.
3: get the peas. Get bag of <laughs> peas. <laughs> bag of peas. So.
1: So was, yeah, and go for
3: it. I was they they. It was great. I I don't know what I don't want to spoil too much for people who want to go and read it, because yeah. you should definitely go and read it. But the 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 Hecatia is that how you say it? Hecatia, Hecatia.
1: The the I kept calling it the Hecatia because I'm, sure.
3: I'm,
1: I'm 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 bastardizing it. But I I will learn one of these days what the proper words are. I do not speak ancient Greek.
2: Well, when I hear yeah, it like that, I, I think of a California kid talking to his aunt Hecatia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works I like yeah, it We're going to go with Hikatia it uh,
3: It's It's almost like The The Hikatia itself Is almost Like a character Throughout the whole thing Like it's just It's looming in every scene uh, And interspersed so well To that you By the end You completely understand Like why things Had to be the way they were
1: Yeah And the The resolution is something That I didn't see coming Personally Is The first time I read it I was like Oh what, wait, what, How? huh? And then you're, you're very true. It is a personality. The oath in and of itself is a personality. It looms in every page. The, the it's around the edges. It's the menace. It's the looming menace of anything that's, that is income trying to encompass the story. And it creates such gravity and urgency within it that it makes this a wonderful one shot.
3: Yeah, it's really well written. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about Diana's character in this, but I want to compare it to her character in The Lies. So I'll get back to that later.
1: Hey, look, there's a segue. Look at you. Hey, look, look at, at you. that. There, you did it. You did
3: it. <laughs> I, I practiced that in the mirror for like hours. <laughs> Remember segue, Segway. Remember Segway.
1: Yeah. So definitely go ahead and check out Hecatea. But let's talk about our other big reading which is 2016's Rebirth. Huh. You're like, I read that. We'll start with issue number one, of course, but it is the lie story arc. So volume one, if you're picking up a volume and the synopsis on this one, pardon my language, I was tired. Um, Wonder Woman thinks somebody's fucking with her.
3: <laughs> pretty much. That's a good, <laughs> yep. Nailed it. Yeah.
1: So Very she first keeps panel, Wonder kind
2: of, Woman wakes up. I think someone's fucking with me.
1: <laughs> it pretty much is. It's like, somebody's they, fucking they, with me. They, well, and you've and you've read the number one, right, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, This one, so you're. She's like, like,
2: this is my background, or is this my background?
1: Exactly. Wait a minute. Exactly.
2: It was. It's. It's very setting the tone of confusion, is what it exactly. sets right there. Like she doesn't know. She no longer knows her background. She no longer knows for sure where she was from or how she's born or or why she has the God of War's helmet. Is she the God of War now?
1: Exactly, which is. The entire conflict and confusion for the lies storyline in most of Rebirth actually comes from the results of the 52, the new 52. Um, and so Rebirth tried to correct some of the changes that were made in her origin in New 52. Um, so if I'm going back to my synopsis, Wonder Woman thinks someone's fucking with her. The story Someone's keeps... fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to say it. The story. The story keeps changing is kind of the mantra, the undertoned mantra of this this particular arc because it might
2: be (laughs) the way you say it, I'm like picturing her looking up at the writer and artist and being like,
1: Exactly. Why are you fucking with me? What? Exactly. (laughs) We (laughs) don't. But but so it's one of these not so subtle nods to that she keeps changing, her origins keep changing over the years, which is the wonderful the first two pages are exactly that. She's like, This is what they say I am. This is what they say I Mm -hmm. am, this is where they say I came from. Um but so in this one, um, because it's the lies, we actually found out in Rebirth, the evens were all called the truth and the odds were all called the lies. So volume one is called lies. Volume two is the truth. And so if you were reading like me, like adult, you were reading them in order when they were coming out. You yeah. were constantly jumping between two different stories trying to go, mm-hmm. but this didn't happen in this one.
2: Wait a minute.
1: And Manderson's like, I remember that.
3: I, I do. <laughs> Like, the first four issues, I'm like, what is happening in the issue? I'm like, oh, oh, okay. uh, oh, all right. right. Yeah. I see what
2: you're doing here. <laughs> he did Bill Robert De Niro. <laughs> you, you.
3: Oh,
1: my gosh. we all. I think we all did. I was just I like, I think that's why I called him Mark Ruck instead of Greg Ruck. <laughs>
3: I'm mad.
1: I'm mad. Um, Maybe but he but-
3: deserves that. Mark for messing with us. We're calling you Mark. <laughs> you fuck with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so, in the lies, um, she goes the issue one pretty much is the turning point for both the truth and the lies. So you can read that one and get a good jump into either either of the stories. Um, but so at the end of issue one, when we're going into the lies, so all the odds, she asks her arch enemy cheetah to help her figure out what's happening with, with her, why she can no longer find the mascara and who she really is. She's grappling with a sense of identity. Um, But first, before that happens, she must defeat, and I I love everybody, we call him really, really evil, swamp thing-esque type of god in Africa. He's got a crazy name, and I will try to pronounce it at least once during this conversation. Um, (laughs) And hopefully in liberating Cheetah and defeating this particular evil, swamp thing, god-esque thing in Africa, she will be able to... Who's Cartaga? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, actually, that is right. Urkataga. That it's nice. like right. Yeah, I think it's like Urkataga. Yeah. Hekatia. Urkataga. Hekatia. But hopefully, she'll dig to the core of the lies that are surrounding her and find out who she is. Um, so yeah, it's it's some it's some meaty meaty fellas. Um, the reason, especially in picking the lies, is because we actually get a uh, more up to date storyline for Cheetah. She's been around. Since the 60s, um, she is rotated between a couple of different people, but most prominently and consistently, it has been Dr. Barbara Ann Minerva. Um, And we get to see her in both The Truths and The Lies.
2: Played by Kirsten Wick.
1: Played, soon to be played by
2: by Kirsten Soon (laughs) to be played by Kirsten Wick.
1: (laughs) But yes. um, So I always have background on Cheetah. Um, As I said, she is Dr. Barbara Ann Minerva in... Most of the story um in the more recent storylines in rebirth, she is a friend of um Wonder Woman. She ended up um she's an heiress and an only child. She became fascinated in in the rebirth retelling of it, which they actually have the history of Barbara and Dr. Minerva in one of the even books. go figure. Yeah. but uh, she fell in love with mythology. she became an archaeologist. she um She wanted to like explore everything. She's a polyglot. Polyglot, by the way, means that she speaks multiple languages fairly easily and quickly. Um, I was told that I need to explain polyglot, even though I love that word. It's so weird. Polyglot. 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 Um, (laughs) Sorry, it's really good. Sounds like a Pokemon. I had somebody that I choose you, polyglot. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not a bad one. It's like it should be kind of (laughs) squishy. Polyglot
2: so, is the uh, is the little uh, little uh, little baby pug of the of the Pokemon world. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Noted. Noted. I'm putting it. Let's put that down. It's canon now. Steve <laughs> said it. It's canon now. Um, so she fell in love um, with all of these different things with history with mythology. It kept her kind of grounded, and then she's been on the hunt for the Amazons. Um, since as far back as she can remember, they it's something that inspired her. So in Rebirth, we get to see that the... Um, they call it Picket, but I don't even remember what technical agency Steve works for. Do you remember, Mandy?
3: I'm pretty sure it was Argus. Okay.
1: I couldn't I mean, remember. Because
3: he jumps around between Argus and Checkmate, but I think it is Argus in this case.
1: Yeah, so they bring in... Minerva, because in the truth storyline on when we're meeting her origin, when she comes to the U.S. with Steve, nobody can speak her language. Um, And so they bring in Dr. Minerva and Dr. Minerva actually can kind of squish together a couple of different languages and suddenly they can understand Diana and they have conversations and suddenly uh, Barbara starts, Barbara Ann starts teaching Diana how to speak English. And so she becomes kind of the bridge between the two worlds and ends up befriending um, becoming that BFF status, hey, with um, with Diana, and then what we end up seeing that results in her becoming Cheetah is she goes out to explore um, a country in Africa. They're looking for the crazy god whose name is Manderson.
3: Earth, er, uh, shoot, Bill, <laughs> Earth Kartaga. not Bill, no.
1: <laughs> not. <laughs> not Bill Paxton, no, Steve's, not Come Bill on. Paxton. Game over, man, game over. Oh my gosh. I I finally saw that movie and I got the reference. I was like, no. Now you get
3: it. Now you no. get it.
1: No, I was so mad. No. <laughs> Game over, no. man. Noah Steve's. No texton's
2: of I- Cameron favorite.
1: Come on. Oh my gosh. No. No. I'm putting things down now. No. Um, so she goes out to to the forest or to Africa, and she actually becomes the bride of this god, which he finds out that she is not pure, quote unquote. Um, and Curses her with extreme hunger for man flesh and makes her the cheetah. So she has an incredibly long life. Um, she has incredibly great speed. But the whole thing is she harbors this great anger and hatred for one Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, um, because she believes that Wonder Woman didn't stop her and didn't save her from becoming this thing. So she blames her. Um, and that's pretty much what we kind of end up with the lies storyline. And we can take it from there. So yeah, I'm going to back up now. Woo! <laughs>
3: Awkward
2: silence. Uh dead air, dead air, dead air. Fill it full time.
1: <laughs> this is on you guys. You both. Oh, so Steve's both. read number one, which means he's got some queries that he can probably ask. Manderson has read up and away, so he's got things he can ask. I'm gonna jump in when I feel like it, but I've been driving <laughs> this boat and uh I'm gonna go get me a drink from the, uh, get of the back. All right. Uh
3: well, Steve, you read issue number one, so mm-hmm. What was your take on uh just what was your take on that first issue? Cause it sets I, up a it sets up a lot and it, it sets up like the first two or three story arcs, really. Well, because I remember
2: reading Re- rebirth, the very first one when it first came out, the uh, the the way it led into, you know, Smiley Face. Yeah. Um, so it definitely plays with my mind a little bit where I'm like, why does she and I fifty two the way it ended and everything? How we're just following her on her path of trying to figure out who the hell am I? Where the hell did I come from? I like that it starts off that way, and the artwork I think is fantastic. love yeah. uh, the artwork itself. Um, but I'm curious to see what trip it takes uh, from there. Like, I'm not. I'm going to, of course, continue reading it. But yeah, I, it left me confused but wanting more.
3: Yeah, I think one of my the the way it's written if you know enough about wonder woman you kind of know where she's headed um but there's enough of other things interspersed in there before she gets to cheetah where you're kind of like is is, that's really where we're headed now (laughs) because it it also like as arch enemies at this point it doesn't make sense but as the story unfolds you get it um and the 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 warnings I, i like to give three warnings I, I don't want to fight you. We can be friends. This is your first warning. And she then she goes chance. on. Yeah. yeah. And then you kind of see like these kind of like wolf men, like kind of like werewolf looking guys like show up and they're kind of following her. And then this is your second warning and your third. And then they finally like kind of break out in a fight. Um, and then Cheetah shows up and she doesn't fight Cheetah. She just kind of is like there trying to talk to her um, and lets Cheetah hit her a couple times to help her realize I'm here because I need your help. And mm-hmm. it's the first time I've, I think I've seen Wonder Woman, Diana Prince like broken to that extent to where like the look, the way that they draw her face, like, Oh, she is really in a place where she feels lost and is yeah. maybe not completely broken, but is starting to like the cracks are starting to form in that first issue. Um, and I, I like the the kind of the, like the trail that it, it leads you on um, with the warnings and like getting there uh, interspersed with Etta Candy, who uh, I appreciate being there, um, and Steve Trevor. Um and his, his merry men. I can't remember what they call them. <laughs> they have they have a name. I just don't remember what it is. It is not the Howling Commandos. No, it is not
1: the Howling Commandos. And Etta Candy is not a secretary. She is lieutenant. And yeah. she is also, she has in the Lies series, she has the best head of hair for a black <laughs> woman I have ever I mean, yeah. seen in my life. Girl, get it.
2: Ugh, I, I, so I couldn't help because, you know, my brain always goes to, you know, movies I watched growing up. Uh, Wonder Woman giving the uh, the warnings. I couldn't help but think of Tom Cruise in the movie Far and Away about mm. the Irish immigrants in America. I have no wish to fight you. And he always says that before every fight he has. So I'm like, oh, look at this. A little Far and Away, look at that. I have no <laughs> wish to fight you. I couldn't help but think of that part. But yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's... Um, the first issue really kind of does leave you on the cliffhanger of where are we going? Especially the panel in which this entire um insecurity the humanity that she carries comes from her wrapping the they call it the perfect but it's the lasso it's um, Hestia's lasso of truth around her arm and she asks who am I and then she gets a list and then and then um what am I and so it's that double whammy of not just what are you know who am I physically but what am I yeah what what, what am I, I mean? in the world? Exactly, which takes us on this pretty dang ruckus ride. If you get, like, even after you think that it stopped, it it hasn't stopped. Like, I'm. <laughs> what well, wait? It, there's it, more. It, yeah. It is very. But wait, there's more. Um, so do you have a favorite part, Manderson? I know this might be a little bit of a spoilery bit for for a Stiffs. It's
3: okay. Um, I actually think my favorite part is pretty early on. It's when Etta heads to her boss's house and is like giving her the, the sit rep on Steve and his, um, his unit of guys that have disappeared. But Wonder Woman has been seen going into the area and uh, like just how kind, I can't remember the name of her commanders.
1: Sasha. What? Sasha.
3: Sasha. Like she's just like so kind and everything. And then, Etta leaves, and the kindness fades from her face. And you're like, "Oh, there's something going on here." And it's just like another one of those those layers to the story that you know, like this is this isn't just like a thing. Like, oh, here's something weird happening. It's like this is something that is gonna show up like three or four issues down the road. Or with a lot of good comic book writers, it'll drop, and then you forget about it because it, they take so long to bring it back, and then they bring it. Back. Oh yes, that's right. I remember this. Um, And so that whole scene, just yeah, just showing like the contrast of like who she is and then what is happening to her that changes her so completely.
1: True. I like that. I love. I think my favorite, of course, I would always say Wonder Woman is my favorite. But um, for for juxtaposition and for growth, I Eda Candy. So. Um, at one point, they do defeat the god, Steve's the god that I...
0: er
1: Earth Kataga.
3: Earth Kataga.
1: Earth Kataga. Earl Katagan. evil, evil swamp thing. Evil, evil swamp thing. Evil, evil swamp thing. Um, But they do end up defeating him, which breaks uh, Barbara Ann of her curse. And she becomes, she comes back to human, to being human. Um, And then you find out that Etta and Barbara Ann are actually a couple. And so it's been this thing that they've kind of kept like on the DL for a while, but it's not really, um, it's not really like, oh my gosh, they're a couple. It's really subtly just kind of interchanged. And so their relationship play when um, Edda's like, I just, I got her back. I got Barbara Ann back. Like it's this great thing. They're super quippy. They're super great. But Edda Candy is like, she's the steadfast rock that takes no no garbage and she keeps them she keeps all everything running, regardless of Steve being there, regardless of Diana being there, regardless of Mickey or Nick or Manny. Those are all the guys' name on his team is Steve's, just in case you were wondering, because you know, it's Steve. Trevor. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. Not Rogers. Just Trevor. Well, um, I'm
2: curious, when when Etta calls calls her, does she go bar, 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 baran? I think somebody might bar, bar.
1: Bar, bar. I want you to do that all
2: day. Sorry, no. No, 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 Beach Boys fans
1: out okay?
2: there. There it is. I just
1: love
3: how much you committed to the bit.
1: I'm I was thinking. I leave I can't leave him. I can't let him let drown. It's not it's not the Wonder Woman thing to do. We go out there. Bar
3: bar bar, um, bar bar bar, bar bar <laughs> bar.
2: He's not in this one. He's not in this one. Sorry. No, no, no. He's not in this that? <laughs> <one.
1: laughs> Sorry. So yeah, um, um, yeah. Eda Candy was one of my my absolute favorite sections there, but I do agree. Sasha has that when the the face fall. There's so much that's under the the underlying tones. Like there's there's things going on in the background. Everything is not straightforward, and we're dealing at the forefront with Diana's insecurity about who she is. And it's just so, there's, this is, this is the parfait, the parfait of Wonder Woman at this point.
3: Mm. A parfait.
1: It's a parfait.
3: Da, 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 da. Who doesn't uh. love a good parfait? Hmm. 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 Only Shrek, can't, but anyway. You
1: can't leave him alone as <laughs> Steve's. I was waiting for you to pick up on that one.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no one, you, you wait until the last second to join a bar No, I'm not playing. Fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
3: That's what it's that's what it took to get him to shut up. We should have ah. done that a long time ago. <laughs> hey, oh. So
1: bad. Uh,
3: disconnect the microphone.
2: Disconnect.
3: <laughs> 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 oh, there he goes.
1: <laughs> no. Wait, you're, wait, but, wait, you're not I'm, wearing I'm, pants? Wait pants He's not wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Guys, we're on a soup.
2: People are anyway. not
1: see this. They're my
2: PJ shorts. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not looking.
2: they are my pajama shorts? I
1: don't know. Just
2: showing a lot of quad, that's all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> who wears short shorts? Who wears, shorts. wears short shorts? Zorius wears short shorts. <laughs> oh my gosh. So so
1: Wonder Woman, who lies, <sighs> Cheetah. Cheetah actually gets turned back into Barbara, Barbara and Minerva. Um, and then we actually get into an entire leads into an entire other arc. But it ends up, um, spoiler where Wonder Woman actually is mentally incapacitated. Yeah, of course. Oh, no, straight up, like, it breaks her. Like, if you want to see Catatonic print Diana Prince, this is the storyline mm. for that. Like, straight up, she is completely gone at the end of this. It's that hardcore.
3: <laughs> yeah, because they they think they find the mascara, but it it's not. And when she realizes that, like, the line, it's maybe too much of a spoiler, the line she says is, I've never been home or I haven't. Yeah. She says, I've never been home, even though she thinks she's been back a dozen, dozens of times. Yeah. And just like the poise that she normally has is gone. Her hair is like falling into her face. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the, at that scene, even more than when she was begging cheetah for help, you see the, the brokenness, um, in, in a way that you never expect to see in Diana. Um, it's Which always is,
2: tough when those we see those strong heroes in our books to have those moments of they, they're just defeated. They're they have no answer.
3: Yeah, and it it all. I mean, but it that because that's why you, we fall in love with the heroes because they always have the answer. They always find a way to win. Mm-hmm. They're always so strong, um, but the moments of brokenness is what. Makes them accessible, I guess. See, we almost need that as a reader at some Mm -hmm. Um, point—a level of humanity. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the little kid version of me is like, "Superman's the greatest. He's so strong, laser eyes, yay!" But now it's like (laughs) he's so human and so vulnerable. Like that's why we—I think that's why we continue to love our the heroes that we fall in love with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're getting a little off topic but it's still no no you're uh, actually
1: maintaining the humanity aspect of what Wonder Woman is um, because for the most part, Wonder Woman it, and it's it's a question that I brought up to a couple other people um, is do you guys feel that Wonder Woman is trapped um, very much still trapped or tied to her past in such a way that her as a character doesn't grow to meet modern times? Um, specifically like the Hecate is a perfect example of that. She is duty bound to honor that. And in the lies, we see that it's her commitment to her friends, which is part of her being an Amazonian is the reason why she goes and asks Cheetah for help, but also says, look, I will break the curse on you. You know, I know you think that I wasn't there and you've been blaming me, but I'm going to stand firm and be there. And while she is a wonderful representation, representation of love and peace um, is she also almost getting lost with the times because we talked about it, that in Flashpoint, it's her. Like, she has somebody that literally can run so fast that they, you know, can change time and there's multiple timelines and there's multiple soups on different planets, but every single time we go to a different timeline, it's always Diana Prince. There hasn't been another one. Bruce even has. Like, we sw- switch over timelines and there's different. there's different Batman. So what do you guys think about her... Do you think that she's evolving with modern times? Is she still trapped in the past? Do you think she doesn't have the opportunity to grow or the people that are writing her haven't given her that chance? I raise good questions.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think this, maybe not the lies, but the story arc that follows, having read it before, is is maybe one where we see her in a different light and in a way that maybe has started to, that started to grow the character. Um, Cause she's, I mean, she's, she's part of the, the DC Trinity. You can't have the DC universe without her. Like you, like you can't have a, without Batman and Superman, but you're right. In every parallel universe, it is Diana Prince. Um, to our Wonder Woman, to some extent, it's not uh, Thomas Wayne, or it's not um, another, Kryptonian that made it, um, and I, that I don't know if it's that they haven't allowed her to grow, um, but maybe she is she's even more central to the DC universe than the other two parts of the Trinity. She's what holds that together. Um, she's the that, anchor, yeah. And that may be why her always being her in every iteration of the universe is so important um and I, I think over the past i don't know what are we in 80 90 issues of of one roman since rebirth there's been a lot of stuff that's happened and a lot of things where you like thinking back on it it's it's been there's been like areas of change and then regression and change and regression. And it kind of goes back and forth, which it probably happens when you look at comic books across the board, happens a lot. Um, but I think with, with her, it may be even more pronounced because the culture she originates from is basically a, a 900 plus like thousands of years old, thousands of years old. Yeah. Culture that has just been, stagnant, and then she pops out basically two and a half thousand years later and has to adjust to all that. Um, so I think her holding on to her identity is important to who she is which maybe is why it's written in a way that it doesn't seem like she ever changes. But when I look at it, it's like, well, yeah, she's she's adapted to our culture, but has held on to who she is, mm-hmm. I think is is the way I characterize it and you go back to the new 52 a little bit, like you see her experience in, in the world of man change the way she interacts with her sisters on, um, on the mascara and even how they see her and the types of things that she wants to do when spoiler alert, she becomes queen of (laughs) the mascara. She was like, shoot. Yeah. It's, it's It's, 10 years old at this point. I'm (laughs) sorry. It's Um, over 10 years. So that long that was a long-winded way to say I think she has she does grow and change but there are things so central to her character and to the DC universe that that remain the same because of how important she is mm-hmm. to DC and the the universe that she lives in you brought up trinity I think of her as as
2: she's the anchor between those two like you if 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 Batman and Superman are yin and yang, she is what keeps them as a union, as a united force. Basically, she is she's the one that's always the 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 um, I think besides Anchor the the glue the, the glue the standard of the Trinity. Uh, when those two could be at each other's throats or could be on the same page, she's always the one right there who's keeping each other, you know, focused keeping justice league intact even the kind of touch that in batman versus superman the movie when Mm -hmm. those two were at each other's throats and when they're fighting doomsday she's the one who pops up and kind of bands them together and the three of them fight together so it's a common it's a it's like a, a standard for diana and i think it's
3: i think it's part of who she is and i wouldn't want that to be changed
1: interesting no, I actually. What are your
3: it, thoughts, Amy? You asked ask the question. I feel like yeah.
2: She likes to hear us talk so well of Diana, so she wants us to keep that's all no, she wanted. No,
1: no, no, no. You know, you know, I love you guys regardless of whatever your opinions may be. Um, and if they don't, I'll just throw something at your heads whenever I get in proximity. But this I, is the internet and I, pandemic. I can't. I, I felt that. I felt it. Felt it in my nuggets. Um, <laughs> So I kind of struggle with the fact of, I agree the steps forward and and the regression that Manderson talks about where we see it consistently in her stories. Um, I love that at the heart of who she is and who the Amazons have always been is their goal was to bring peace and love to the world of man. That's why they were created. Um, George Perez's Gods and Mortals, which is a 10 issue run, is pretty much the setup for everything that comes after. Um, and it talks about the creation the gods coming together, seeing that Ares has wreaked havoc on the world of man, and said, "We need, we need a group of people that are kind, that are loving, that are peace-driven. That but can't. It's the do no harm, take no shit type of jam." <laughs> um, and so they, so they continue to train for war in the sense of protection, but not into actively wage. Um, and in first things, they are all about peace and love. So in that part, I understand that being connected to what your original purpose is, is what drives you. Um, in the same way, actually, that Batman, if you look at it, his entire purpose isn't vengeance. He is, what drives him is l- the love of those he lost, which essentially you could almost say that Batman is driven by love um, to to fight versus um, Diana, who is love at her core, and she's come to act as, not a savior, but as a partner um, to men, to the world mm-hmm. of man, um, to encourage and be an ambassador for peace, for love. Um, and always we see that her biggest, what she is constantly fighting um, and personified by Aries, is the fear, is panic, is terror, is is everything that all the side effects and the things that drive us to war Um, So while I do feel on occasion some of the writers um, have her, uh, intentionally have her focus more on those things, um, that she is, you know, she is fighting the god of war and then after she defeats the god of war, she becomes the god of war, which is completely in, literally, it's in juxtaposition to who she is at her core, which creates the confusion that we see in Rebirth. Um, I see some of it that, Yes, she is the anchor. She is the glue. She is the constant. But I still want her to have the opportunities to move forward and to continue to change. Because without mm-hmm. change, um, regardless of if you are mortal, demigod or alien, um, you will die. Which is one of the, the hallmarks that we see with Superman. Yes, mm-hmm. he is the you know, the good old boy, but he is still raised to believe the best in people. And he continues to grow constantly. We see it in his storylines, and Manderson can speak more to that than I can. And same with the bat. The bat, as much as he is he is justice, he is the knight, you know, and he is, he is vengeance, he also has moments where there are no-win situations, and he tries to figure out ways to get around it to reach an end goal. And that shows in me flexibility as well as the ability to change, regardless of if it's good or bad. So do I think that she is trapped in the past as a character and she's not growing with the times? Um, I'm pretty much in the space of it's, it's it's hard to tell depending upon who writes her. Um, and that in, in and of itself is something that is really important to me as a reader and as a female, because the women that take the opportunities to write her... Um, they have the power to choose and tell what stories to tell. Um, And when they are more female writers, therefore more female producers, if we're talking Wonder Woman or female directors, um, it gives more space for the next step, um, the next step to providing half of the world's populations more women who are um, capable of taking care of themselves and saving others, which is something that is, at her core, she is the representative. I believe the United Nations has Wonder Woman as a representative for um, women, women and girl empowerment. Yep. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, but that in turn, like having those those producers, those directors, those writers um, telling stories that show her in a light that she is still capable. She's not just you know she's she's a hottie with a body. Um, <laughs> means that. I get to see more Diana princes in stories that are true to whom I want to see. And it's the same thing. If you look at, we get more rays from people like that for star Wars and we get more generous. and we get stories that are led by these strong, brilliant creative women that are capable of taking care of themselves. And yes, they can have, um, they can have romance, but it's not, their stories aren't purely romance driven. It's not the, Get the guy in the end, get the girl in the end, type of thing. So
3: Right right. Part of me wonders if it seemed like the the question is asked and needs to be discussed because of in, in part I think is for a long time comic book industry has been predominantly written by men and we're seeing that change, which is fantastic. But also, as I mentioned before, her her the culture she comes from is stagnant. Mm-hmm.
0: Very um, true.
3: And she has to adjust to that change. And obviously like we see that she wants that. she wants to experience the world of man and um, through the arrival of, of Steve Trevor finds a way to get out. But still, no matter how much you want change, there's there's an adjustment period. Um, and as like universes get rebooted ever so often, like those things kind of get reset and the needle has to remove more or less. I wonder if that's part of why we, we see that reversion so much more pronounced with wonder woman than maybe other characters. And that's not the most, I don't think that's the core issue of it, but it's just to me an intriguing notion maybe.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. And Mm -hmm. then the other thing that we can also kind of look at is why I'm so excited about wonder woman 84 is that in Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins placed her Diana Gal, Gal Gadot in the in World War II. And so now we've had this big World War 1? I? Yep. I thought it was World War 1. I. I thought it was World War II. my brain did. So World War 1, even farther back. Yeah. Okay. So she's had now this large period of space to adjust. Um which means that we should see some type of change, not just, you know, her hair looks great. I'm not going to lie. It's like a really good, This is a really good volumizing. I agree. Come on. Literally. Um, as well as, you know, the tech changes, but how has she changed in, in seeing from world war one to, to 84? Um, what does that look like? What type of storytelling? And Jeff Johns was part of the writing team for this. So I'm intrigued to kind of see what was laid out. What did they take from her mythos um, and from the other writers, because we have Gail Simone that was that was part of those writing teams, too. Um, and I'm just intrigued to see what these brands of storytellers now want to show us in this space for that ch- a period of adjustment for change. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Steve's is our movie man. He might have more insight on that than me. You're just going to cool. do the face. You're just going to do the face. <laughs> you're not going to talk about it.
2: regarding the Wonder Woman movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, uh, I'm so excited for it that. I'm so upset that it's taken so long for us to see it. Um, I mean, the focus they're putting on it regarding the writers and and director in there it's it helps connect with the character better. It, it brings out the the. Uh, sorry, my phone was going off every second. I apologize.
1: It's okay, I thought I heard a noise and I was like, um, what? There's, Oops, there's no
2: calls during the show,
1: so emphasis on writers and directors.
2: Um, I uh, lost my train of thought. I'm sorry,
3: <laughs> connecting the characters.
2: Yes, um, the, you basically you're gonna have these in Patty Jenkins versus Gil Simone. I mean talented writers and to have them be the ones who bring out diana who present her to the masses it it it's a better connection regarding the character they're writing about and how they portray her and gal gadot i mean does a fantastic job with the material she's given and there's just a better connection they've made there in bringing that character to life on film from viewpoints that ma- that you know that understand the character better
1: Manderson, back yeah. to you.
3: Sorry, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> is is that about wrapping it up right now, or are we going to have to pull a berry, put our hair back up in, <laughs> in a bun? Oh, yeah. oh,
3: oh. oh, I just got a haircut. I don't have any hair to pull. Back. I mean, I do
2: have I do have quarantine longest hair I've ever had oh. since, since twenty eleven. I was yeah. going to
3: say your hair definitely looks longer than I've ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, it's- yeah, I think we we covered all sides and some. Yeah, so I, was gonna, I, yeah I think oh, it's Oh, I forgot.
1: I forgot we have to do with Dr. Barry. So, uh, any final any final thoughts?
3: Final <laughs> thoughts with Dr. Barry? Oh.
1: Dr. Barry always goes so uh, so anybody got some final, final thoughts? thoughts?
3: Any final thoughts? I was going to compare uh her her Go for de- it. demeanor from Hecatea to the lies like in Hecatea, she's so uh, powerful and confident even when she's being challenged by the fury she's like yeah i got this it i don't care what you're challenging you know me with now i'm gonna you know do it yeah exactly that's kind of like what you get and in this one it's the exact opposite mm-hmm. um and i like i i like to believe that that writers of the caliber of, of great ruck great you probably look back like oh let's let's switch some things up here. Let's see what, what she looks like in a completely different mindset and explore that with this character. And it's, um, reading them back to back was really interesting, especially knowing it's the same writer writing the same character, um, and how he's able to explore these two different mindsets of one person, um, with us to just show how, I mean, how, um, what's the word, uh, and how, how broad or how diverse our own character and humanity can be depending on the situation we find ourselves in.
1: Agreed.
3: That's my final thought. Anybody else I have like final that thoughts? Final
1: thought. Steve's? Steve's final thoughts? Steve's?
3: Wonder I, I, Woman. I, 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 I like the Wonder Woman. I
2: like I I like I like, I like the Wonder Woman. Solid.
1: And that <laughs> works. That, that works. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my final thoughts, of course, like she is one of the, um, I just, I have to give props, especially to Patty Jenkins for um, creating a blockbuster that took a risk. Yes. Um, yeah. Not only was she the, one of the, well, is she the first female led superhero movie that we've seen in how many years is Steve's? Oh. Because I don't think at any other time we've had one.
3: No. I mean, there's Supergirl I don't know if back she- in like eighty two so, or something. But yeah. She
1: she floated and she wore she, jeans. She floated. she floated. And that's and just
3: that
2: went. Patty Jenkins took over from a movie that was going to be in the hands of Catherine Bigelow, Academy Award-winning director Catherine Bigelow. So she already had that on top of everything else with having female superhero led film and being directed by a woman. she already had to deal with I'm taking something from this this you know Oscar caliber director and can I live up to what she would have done and she did
1: very true yeah it's it's one of the things that also brought a renewed vigor I think also her cameo in uh, Bat V Soup was one of those renewing oh my gosh she's a badass um, the, uh,
2: the applause she got the showing that I went to
1: <laughs> it, <when laughs> she first like, yes! appears <laughs> that, yeah. that electric cello like mm-hmm. get it mm-hmm.
3: It kind of yep. sounds like Led Zeppelin, but a little different. <laughs>
1: exactly.
3: Yeah. My when, whenever I watch that movie, my wife doesn't care, and then she's like, it, "It's Wonder Woman, yeah." And she's like, "Pause it." Okay, I'm here. <laughs> Play. The way she comes in, it's fantastic. It's a badass moment. Oh exactly. yeah. Exactly. And just it, even that her her attitude, like this creature isn't from our world. I've killed things from other worlds before. You're like, oh, okay. I'm on board with this. Let's go. And then I love, of course. She with you? I thought she was with I you. She was...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but great. these She's... are, yeah, it. She reinvigorated and reignited a passion for great storytellers, for woman-led um, pro, uh, projects, mm-hmm. as well as for female superhero movies. I mean, because of her, we're having access to a Black Widow uh, movie okay. whenever Captain we get
3: Marvel.
1: it. Captain Marvel. Um, you know, we can talk about the Star Wars franchise too. I mean, Rogue One, come on, come on, Jen so for days. Like,
2: I, again, maybe my favorite Star Wars movie.
1: It is pretty consistent with most people is Rogue One. Yeah. Um, but the, the steps that she has helped take and moving forward and getting um, women in a field that is predominantly male, um, not just being noticed, but being applauded and being, good that even dudes are like holy shit this is awesome
2: oh she she goes up there with sigourney weavers ripley and linda Hamilton's sarah connor um i I place her amongst those amongst those two
1: and i think that's the biggest praise we can get from the movie man over there linda hamilton
2: (laughs) i'm sorry sarah connor is like oh my god anyway (laughs) (laughs) Terminator 2 when she is one handed cocking a shotgun like it's nothing Uh, okay that's what she got Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. so thanks you guys for listening again to this episode of the Capeless Crusaders as always you can find us at thecapelesscrusaders.com our hub our home away from home I know we forgot it at the top but don't worry of course uh, thank you for listening please make sure you are washing your hands diligently Um, Mm. don't Mm -hmm. cough on people I believe mm. I can say it for most of us. Uh Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um and love is love is love is love is love. Keep
2: going. Keep going. Is
1: love going. is love. i I've got I've got the sweater. There
2: you I've go. got the
1: sweater that goes, but um I'm Amy. And over to the uh the, the Avengers father shirt, the super manderson.
3: Uh, this is yeah, super manderson. And and hey, tossing it all the way down south. I am sorry, you guys. That's right.
2: This is the Steves. You all have a great night. Good night. Good night.
3: night.